Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, host of Dynasty Game Night. My co-host John Bosch and I created this podcast for one reason, to focus on fun. After all, fun is the reason we all started playing fantasy football in the first place. I love games of all sorts, card games, board games, video games, really any kind of game you can think of. So one day, John and I decided it was time for a podcast where we just play games. You might learn something along the way, but you won't find much hard-hitting analysis here. Check out all the other incredible podcasts DLF has to offer for that sort of thing. On Dynasty Game Night, our primary focus is to entertain. So if you like playing games or watching game shows, this might just be the podcast for you. We'd love for you to give it a listen and play along with the contestants and maybe even win a chance to be on the show. Football.com and the DLF family, a podcast. It's me. It's me. It's at OSFD Rome in the streets of Superflex City. And this is the Superflex Super Show. Right into week four standard operating procedures. And you know what? There's plenty that we could talk about as the, as the lead up. But at this point in the season, let's just get down to business. Let's just get you some SOPs here uh, so that you can uh, run the waivers, put in your claims, and uh, make your moves for the week. No, uh, no added context here. Let's just jump right in. First, let's look back at uh, week three's SOPs and see what's still actionable, what still needs to happen. Uh, starting with some of those those waiver ads, uh, it, you know some of these guys if they have not been added yet in your league, they desperately desperately need to be added. So Davis Mills is number one. Uh, is that uh, that injury to Terod Taylor uh, continues to linger? Davis Mills actually looked really pretty good against that Carolina good Carolina defense. Uh, by the way, so we had him last week as kind of one B is a priority ad. If he's still out there for whatever reason, to me, he's the top priority this week. Uh, most likely to continue to start and continue to play well. Uh, Jacoby Brissett is also a guy who really should be on waivers, even though, man, he did not look good, did he, uh, for the Miami Dolphins. But Tua is still going to be out for a while. Uh, Jacoby Brissett is still going to be a starter, and we know that that's a lot of value in a super flex league. A quarterback with a starting job is really quite valuable. So Jacoby Brissett, still a high priority if he happens to still be available uh, in your in your deeper super flex leagues, especially those dynasty leagues where uh, waivers just don't have quarterbacks available to you. In those shallow, shallower leagues where you still have some starters available, uh, Jacoby Brissett becomes a much lower priority. But in most super flex formats, uh, quarterbacks are going to be at a premium on waivers. So uh, Brissett is still a, a high priority for you. Uh, Cordero Patterson, at this point, we know. He was, a, he was still a fairly low priority for me last week. 
Uh, it was Tony Pollard and J.D. McKissick ahead of him. And, and Tony Pollard is absolutely still a higher priority than Cordero Patterson. But at this point, you're getting wide receiver numbers from a starting running back, a startable running back for fantasy purposes. You're still getting those wide receiver numbers from Cordero Patterson. Um, and, and a lot of times he still has wide receiver designation on a lot of platforms. So you can start him at a wide receiver position, get wide receiver numbers, but then on top of it, you're still getting the rushing uh, included in there as well. So you're kind of double dipping uh, from a wide receiver position. Uh, Sony Michelle, as long as Darrell Henderson continues to miss time, Sony Michelle is uh, we saw that he got he got the usage and you know it ended up being it, it, in a tough matchup he still got a pretty significant volume so he needs to be added as well uh, we talked about Peyton Barber and we're going to talk more about him as well he becomes a pretty high priority um, as long as jo- uh, Josh Jacobs is missing time Peyton Barber is a, a high priority as well but like I said we'll get to him in just a second uh, Van Jefferson needs to be added. Dawson Knox needs to be added. We're going to talk more about him as well. And then uh, some next week, this week, guys. So we had, last week we had Travis Homer as a next week, this week guy. Can, he, he, he probably still is not going to be a high priority in your leagues. But go ahead and, and check and make sure if, he's, if he is available, you're probably still going to get him cheap. We can still call him kind of a next week this week type of ad uh but he's still he's he's taking over more and more of that passing downs role uh from the running back position for the the seattle seahawks jordan akins was the next week this week guy and probably still belongs there as well uh even though he ended up being one of the favorite targets for davis mills and we talked about this too you know, the concept where a backup quarterback comes in, we kind of talked about this more in terms of Brandon Ayuk. Uh, but, you know, a backup quarterback comes in, he's got a rapport with backup pass catchers, you know. And so once he takes over as a starter, he's still looking for those guys that he's been throwing to on the second team offense. That's Jordan Akins for Davis Mills. That's one of the guys. And, and we saw it too with Anthony Miller. That was one of uh, Davis Mills' favorite targets as well. So obviously Brandon Cooks is still the alpha, but both Anthony Miller and Jordan Akins are being heavily targeted by Davis Mills uh, when Brandon Cooks uh, is uh, is covered and not uh, uh, when when uh, Brandon Cooks is not the top target uh, on a particular play. Um, we also mentioned Dwayne Haskins. He's still going to be a next week this week guy. Ben Roethlisberger just continuing to struggle, but we'll talk more about that later. Chuba Hubbard was a next week, this week guy. And we talked about the fact that these soft tissue injuries are really kind of piling up right now for Christian McCaffrey. He's been coming out of games pretty consistently with various injuries. And now the injury actually takes him out of a game. And he's going to miss significant time uh, with that with that injury now with that hamstring injury. So Chuba Hubbard becomes a starter. We know it's an offense where they're 
going to feature one particular back. It's not going to be a heavy committee. We saw it last year with Mike Davis, and we already saw it this this Thursday night with uh, Chuba Hubbard getting the majority of the work over Royce Freeman. So that's going to continue. Carryon Johnson also next week, this week, nothing has changed. He's still going to be there. Um, he's still uh, he's still flying under a lot of radar. So, um, but yeah, let's get back to Chuba Hubbard as we move on to your week four SOPs. Chuba Hubbard went from next week, this week. This is why we do next week, this week, by the way. <laughs> Going into week three, he was a next week, this week guy. He was a guy, you go stash him for free, cheaper free, and wait for him to become the high waiver priority the following week. Well, here we are. Chuba Hubbard is the number one priority on waivers in, in Superflex. And th- part of it is... You know, we don't have a lot at quarterback. Davis Mills, Jacoby Brissett, those guys are still slightly higher priorities than Chuba Hubbard if you need quarterback help. Now, hopefully you don't. Hopefully you went quarterback extreme or at least close to it. Or, you know, hopefully your quarterbacks are still healthy. You're still okay at the moment without that depth. But if you need quarterbacks, you prioritize Davis Mills and Jacoby Brissett if they're available. But that's that's going to be a rarity where those guys are still available and you need them, you know. So in most cases, Chuba Hubbard, in most cases, we don't have quarterbacks available. Chuba Hubbard is going to be the number one priority. And this is going to be my highest fab recommendation of the season so far. I'm proposing a 40% claim on Chuba Hubbard the top priority. Uh, you know, we've, we've talked about, you know, 25% on Elijah Mitchell, uh, 20%, I believe on, uh, Tony Pollard last week, 25% last week on Tony Pollard, you know, really being kind of conservative with those running backs. Honestly, 40% still might be a little conservative for Chuba Hubbard. That still might not quite be enough to get him. The, the 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 reason that we're going more you know heavier after Chuba Hubbard than we did after Elijah Mitchell is again this is a situation that is very unlikely to be a committee approach. Chuba Hubbard gives you everything that Christian McCaffrey gave you, not quite the talent. Like I, I've said a million times when it comes to Chuba Hubbard, it's he's Christian McCaffrey just you know turned down you turn down the volume. A little bit, uh, but it's it's the same skill set, just not as good, not as talented as Christian McCaffrey. Um, it, but you know, he 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 steps in and he fills the role that Christian McCaffrey had, and there's no reason to go to a committee approach. You just continue with the exact same off- offensive approach that you had with Christian McCaffrey. So that's what Chuba Hubbard brings you. So the most likely scenario, and we saw it last year with Mike Davis. He really just kind of took over that role for the most part. Royce Freeman is going to be there to spell Chuba Hubbard. He's going to be a little bit of a change of pace type of guy, but Chuba Hubbard is really just going to own this job. And it's the first time that we're seeing that. That's the first time that we've gotten a running back who is just kind of the the going to be the, the feature back, the lead back uh, on his NFL team. So this is the first time where we're – really getting 
you know, that guaranteed volume. We weren't getting that with Elijah Mitchell. We kept hearing how good Elijah Mitchell is, how special Elijah Mitchell is. But at the end of the day, it's an offensive system that, you know, Kyle Shanahan does not let any of those running backs just own that job. That wasn't going to happen for Elijah Mitchell either. So, and now Elijah Mitchell out with the injury. You know, um, not expecting him back just yet. But, you know, when he does come back, he's likely sharing that work with Trey Sermon and, and, you know, possibly others as well. So, you know, it was never... It, it was never prudent to spend a significant amount of your fab on Elijah Mitchell knowing that there was going to be a limited amount of work for him. Chuba Hubbard, on the other hand, is going to own that job for as long as, it, as Christian McCaffrey is out, which brings us to the reason to remain conservative here. 40% still conservative when a lot of people are probably going to go a little bit higher than that to get Chuba Hubbard. Keeping in mind that Christian McCaffrey is back within, you know, within the next month minimum, you know, so you're going to get Christian McCaffrey back and Chuba Hubbard just becomes droppable again at that point until, of course, Christian McCaffrey gets injured again, which has been, you know, a fairly consistent (laughs) uh, trend as well, so... You know, if you end up with Chuba Hubbard, even when Christian McCaffrey gets back, I think you want to hang on to him. Um, just take a wait-and-see approach. But, you know, you're you're going to get Chuba Hubbard for a few weeks here. Not the whole season. Like, you know, at least in theory, what we were going to get from Elijah Mitchell and what you're getting right now from Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard still sharing that job with Zeke Elliott, but... You know, you're you're getting a startable running back for the entire season as long as he's healthy right now. You're probably not going to get that from Chuba Hubbard. You're just going to have a guy with, you know, high-end RB1 upside for the next several weeks. So 40% really just kind of walks that line in between, you know, conservative and, and aggressive. So um, 40% is appropriate for the workload but also the fact that that job could uh, could go away, you know, here fairly shortly. Priority number two is a tight end. Dawson Knox for the Buffalo Bills. He catches four of his five targets, 49 yards, another score, uh, three touchdowns already this season, uh, 62 snaps, um, which was second on the team, 36 routes, was which was tied for third. Essentially, this offense right now, you know, it's, it's Stephon Diggs is still kind of the alpha guy. You've got Emmanuel Sanders and you've got Cole Beasley who are just carving up zone defense. But when you run into a man defense, it's Stephon Diggs and it's Dawson Knox. Those are your guys. Those are the, the guys who are getting open, and those are the guys that Josh Allen is targeting. Dawson Knox is anywhere from... You know, he the fourth option to the second option in that offense, and he's not going away. He's in. He's the big body red zone target as well for Josh Allen. So Dawson Knox, in in a uh, you know we we know all too well that this tight end landscape for fantasy purposes is just 
you know, really pretty gross. Really, really difficult to navigate beyond the top end. It's very top heavy. Dawson Knox is kind of inching his way into that middle tier and getting closer and closer to the top must-start type of tier. So Dawson Knox is my number two priority, uh, the first tight end. And I've got a 30% fab claim on him just because, again, he's he's flirting with must-start status at the tight end position where we don't have a lot of those guys. You know, once you get beyond the, the, the top couple of tiers, once you get beyond Kelsey and Kittle and Waller, Hawkinson, you know, guys like that, it really... I mean, are you? Or do you feel necessarily more comfortable starting Kyle Pitts right now than Dawson Knox? I don't. I mean, I, in Dynasty, I would still rather have Kyle Pitts for the long-term upside. But especially in redraft leagues, and even in Dynasty leagues while we're waiting for Kyle Pitts to develop, Dawson Knox is a much better option right now. He's a safer option than... You know, some of the guys that we've looked at in the past is potential breakouts, potential uh, potential must-start type guys, you know, like Dallas Goder. He's certainly more <laughs> more stable than Del- Dallas Goder right now. Noah Fant, uh, he's more, he's, he's safer. He's got a higher floor, higher ceiling than Noah Fant right at the moment. Uh, Robert Tunyon. You know, these are all guys that Dawson Knox should absolutely start ahead of. So he's such a high priority because of the fact that he's becoming one of the few, very few must-start, you know, fantasy tight ends right now. So I've got him as number two. Number three is Peyton Barber, second running back. He goes, uh, he got 23 carries. (laughs) 23 carries for 111 yards and a score. He also got three, uh, caught three of his five targets for 31 yards. By the way, pass-catching pass specialist Kenyon Drake uh, also caught three passes on six targets. Uh, six targets for Drake, five for Barber. 33 yards receiving for Drake, 31 yards receiving for Barber. So even the, the role that Kenyon Drake really should just completely own and take Peyton Barber off of the field for, Peyton Barber was still right there with him. One fewer target, two fewer yards. So Peyton Barber really just kind of is is the workhorse back while Josh Jacobs is out. The the only reason that we don't have Peyton Barber as the number one priority is the fact that Josh Jacobs easily could be back this week. The one thing to keep in mind is Peyton Barber could easily end up with a, a, a role in a split backfield it wouldn't necessarily make him startable. It would just make Josh Jacobs unstartable. <laughs> so it, it makes a little bit of a mess. But, you know, even if Josh Jacobs comes back, Peyton Barber is still worth holding, um, you know, with the uh, the idea that he could, you know, another injury to Josh Jacobs and Peyton Barber goes right back to bell cow type of work uh, workload. So um, I'm proposing 20%. Again, still might not be quiet enough to get Peyton Barber, but I mean you're you're only getting him for maybe another week with that type of workload. So 20% is really pretty aggressive considering we don't even know for sure that we're going to have him here in week 4. 
Uh, Tyler Conklin is uh, priority four for me in the second tight end already. Um, he goes seven. He catches seven of his eight targets, 70 yards in the score. I'm proposing 10%, even though this is, you know, a very – he's he's getting a lot of usage relative to that offense right now. But he's still probably fourth, maybe even fifth option uh, in that offense behind definitely Thielen and Jefferson, probably K.J. Osborne going forward, and possibly even Dalvin Cook. So, um, but it is, it's looking like a high volume passing offense right at the moment. And Tyler Conklin is becoming one of Kirk Cousins' favorite targets. So 10% fab. And, you know, just like Dawson Knox, we're getting close to a point here with Tyler Conklin where he would be an every week starter for you at tight end um, so that you can uh, stop streaming that position. Um, But 10% just because, again, very low share of that overall offense is the uh, fourth or fifth option. Uh, this is actually a, 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 a it for the week. We don't have a lot of high priorities. That's part of it too. That's what pushes Tyler Conklin all the way up to priority four. Priority five, and the last guy that I'm putting really any kind of fab claim on is James Washington, our first wide receiver. Wide receiver for Pittsburgh uh, caught three of the five uh, of his five targets for 20 yards. The problem is right now for that Pittsburgh offense, well, two problems. All right. Uh, the thing that helps James Robinson, James Washington, I'm sorry. The thing that helps James Washington is Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson already out of this game with injuries. Chase Claypool even left the game with injuries. James Washington might be their only healthy wide receiver. Him and Ray Ray McLeod. Now, a lot of that still gets funneled to Najee Harris. It still gets funneled to Pat Fryermuth. So it's not necessarily wide receiver targets getting picked up by James Washington, you know, while these other guys are out. But there is a certain amount of that that that's going to be available to James Washington as long as those three wide receivers are out or even a combination, two of the three wide receivers are out. James Washington becomes a starter for Pittsburgh. The thing that hurts him is Ben Roethlisberger is terrible. So, you know, a 5% for a guy who is very likely to start in a pass heavy offense, just because the passes are short, the passes are erratic. Uh, It's, it's, it's still not a great uh, offense to be a part of, but he's got a big part of that bad offense. So, <laughs> so that pushes him ahead of some of these other guys in a similar situation um, that we're going to talk about here. So priority six is Colin Johnson, wide receiver for the Giants. He caught five of his seven targets for 51 yards, but I'm only putting a minimum bid on him. Uh, part of the problem is, you know, again, bad quarterback play, bad play design, even more, uh, even you know, an even bigger part of the problem. It's it's just a bad offense right now between the play calling and the play on the field. But you lose both Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton in this game to injuries. You're kind of down to Kenny Galladay and Colin Johnson. Johnson ended up being the guy who who stepped in. He got more. 
uh, more snaps, more routes, more targets, more catches, more yards, all the above than Kadarius Tony. So, you know, Colin Johnson looks like he would be the guy to step in if Sterling Shepard and or Darius Slayton were to miss significant time. Uh, Nick Westbrook, and I don't know how to pronounce that last part, and I don't want to butcher it. Uh, so we'll just call him Nick Westbrook. Uh, so disrespectful. We'll learn his name. We're gonna. We're about to learn his name, because AJ Brown leaves the game this week. Uh, Tennessee wide receiver Nick Westbrook, by the way. Uh, AJ Brown leaves the game with an injury, and Westbrook becomes the really kind of the alpha wide receiver for one game for them. He got four targets, tied for first, uh, four receptions which was the most 53 yards, most for the team, plus he catches a touchdown. I'm still only putting a minimum bid because Julio Jones is your number one option in that offense when you're throwing the ball. When you're not throwing the ball, it's it's you know you're, uh, it's a lot of Derrick Henry. Uh, so, again, fairly low-volume passing attack. Not a ton of targets going to be available to Westbrook, but he's going to start opposite Julio Jones, and he's going to draw the softer coverage. There's an opportunity for Nick Westbrook to be startable flex option for you uh, as long as A.J. Brown is out. Uh, Keelan Cole is priority number eight, wide receiver four. Another minimum bid, though. Uh, He became the starter when Elijah Moore left. That's kind (laughs) of all. That's all we can really say. He's on the field. Uh, Bad offense right now. And in all fairness, they were in a very bad matchup too. So, you know, it's it's a little hard to uh, to hold it against anyone in that offense too much. But, uh, you know, it's it's still it, you know two straight weeks of just abysmal play, um, both from the quarterbacks and really just kind of the entire that entire offense. The offensive line um, allows. Uh, Zach Wilson, I lost how many sacks, he, how many times he was sacked. It was too much. He's getting sacked way too much. Um, t- pressured too much, sacked too much. So there's just not a whole lot working for that Jets offense, but Keelan Cole is going to be on the field. He's going to be running routes, um, and, you know, there's a target share available. I don't know. I can't tell you what that target share is, but <laughs> it, 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 it could be flex-worthy if – you know, for a desperation flex type of type of move. Uh, Royce Freeman is priority nine, running back three. Another minimum bid, though. He's uh, you know, like we when we were talking about Chub- Chuba Hubbard. Royce Freeman is just kind of the change of pace back. He's the one who gives Chuba Hubbard a rest. He brings a similar skill set. Certainly not as explosive, not as quick. Not quite as good of a pass catcher even, even though that's kind of his specialty. Chuba Hubbard's still a better pass catcher, at least in my mind. So uh, Royce Freeman, it almost could just be a next week, this week type of guy, um, except for the fact that people are going to go to to waivers to try and get Royce Freeman just in case he does end up being the starter. I don't I, I, I don't envision a scenario where that happens. So we've got him here on the ads for a you know minimum bid. I can almost put him as a fade though. We really just don't want anything to do with that. He only got five targets. 
uh, five carries and one target. So uh, once Christian McCaffrey went out, uh, Royce Freeman is not going to factor. You could put a minimum bid just in case, you know, if you need running back depth, uh, if you can get him for, you know, 1% fab or maybe even get him for free. You know, it's kind of worth it to add some running back depth. I always think it's worth it to add running back depth. But the the scenario where Royce Freeman becomes startable for you for fantasy purposes is not worth anything more than, you know, a minimum bid here. And then finally, Kendrick Bourne is uh, 10th priority. Wide receiver five, another minimum bid. Uh, this week, he's kind of the wide receiver du jour for New England. Uh, this week against the New Orleans Saints. Tied for second with eight targets. Uh, he gets six, uh, catches six of them for 96 yards and a touchdown. The touchdown being the big thing, but I'm, 96 yards is substantial, of course, you know, but Nelson Aguilar, Jacoby Myers still uh, very much involved as well. And it was really kind of a pass heavy game script for New England. They were not able to run the ball. We're going to talk about that in a, in a second as well. Um, and fell behind and had to throw a lot. So Kendrick Bourne, in that type of game script, ends up being very startable. Um, but it's not something that I would necessarily want to chase. If you can get it for free and you need some wide receiver help, sure. Otherwise, I'm leaving Kendrick Bourne alone. Uh, in super shallower leagues, you know, some guys to just make sure that they're rostered. And some of them we talked about, Cordero Patterson, Tim Patrick, Davis Mills. Make sure those guys are rostered. Uh, if they're not, prioritize them. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, back from the dead, takes over the starter role in San Francisco opposite Debo Samuel. So he's he's back. Make sure that he didn't get dropped in your leagues. Michael Carter was kind of the one... Uh, the one bright spot for the Jets. He looked great as the lead back uh, for the New York Jets. So make sure that he's rostered. Emmanuel Sanders, we talked about him last week. You know, it's just make sure that he's, he's, he's really kind of wide receiver 2A at the moment for Buffalo. It's kind of him and Beasley. And again, they, they both just shred zone defenses. Um, not so good against uh, getting separation in against man coverage, but in a zone, uh, they're they're just always open. So crisp as route runners. So um, yeah, make sure that he is rostered, and if he's not, take care of that. <laughs> and then R Hunter Renfro uh, is one other guy to to check on as uh, really kind of the the rock solid uh, wide receiver pass catcher. Um, you know, uh, besides Darren Waller, of course, in that uh, Vegas Raiders offense as well. So some guys you can drop. And let me start with a couple guys that I would primarily just drop in shallower leagues um, and redraft leagues. Robbie Anderson, he's, he's getting, he got similar snaps and routes to Terrace Marshall, only catches one of his two targets for eight yards. He is just not involved in that offense at this point. Terrace Marshall is is becoming a, a bigger piece of the offense. And uh, they've 
it, you know, it, it, it really is pretty run heavy as well. And that's going to continue with Chuba Hubbard. There's just, man, Robbie Anderson, I, you know, what does it take for him to become use, usable again for us for fantasy purposes? And when you start laying out the path for him, it's just, man, there's too many, you know, if-thens for Robbie Anderson. Let's just drop him and get him out of the way. And then Kenyon Drake is the other one. And again, this is shallow leagues. This is redraft leagues. But, you know, like we talked about with Peyton Barber, Kenyon Drake was supposed to be the pass-catching specialist. Well, he only gets one more target than Peyton Barber. Same number of catches, two more yards. He he rushed the ball eight times. He's really just a backup. He's a change of pace guy. It's not really a committee. And that's with Peyton Barber. Forget Josh Jacobs. We're just talking about Peyton Barber right now. And Kenyon Drake still is just a change of pace guy. So yeah, to me in those in those sh- super shallow dynasty leagues, and certainly in redraft leagues, Kenyon Drake is just a drop right now. Gabriel Davis is another guy, and and it's really kind of the same thing. I don't know that I would be willing to give up in, on him in you know reasonably sized dynasty leagues, but in redraft leagues, absolutely droppable. One target, he only gets twenty two snaps and twelve routes barely even on the field for Buffalo. And uh, Trent Sherfield is the last guy that we're dropping. Uh, he only got two snaps and two routes, no targets. He's uh, He has officially been replaced in the starting lineup for San Francisco by Brandon Ayuk. So all, that, all of that hype going into week one for Trent Sherfield, it has completely evaporated at this point and Trent Sherfield is just almost regardless of the format does not need to be rostered some players to fade uh Deshaun Jackson LA Rams 21 snaps 16 routes still manages 16 uh five targets catches three of them catches three passes for 120 yards and a touchdown an average of 40 yards per reception. dot well over 26 yards. This is this this is what we talk about all the time. And honestly, this is Deshaun Jackson's career, right? This it's it's those splash plays. But, you know, we've been talking about this the last few weeks. That is not something worth chasing in fantasy football. You're not going to be able to predict that. He's not going to do it consistently enough uh, to to for you to ever feel good starting him. Uh, Gio Bernard, also a drop. We talked about him last week. In week two, uh, had him as a somewhat high-priority pickup. Last week, he was a drop. <laughs> we went right back to dropping him because he only had five routes, ran five routes on six snaps. And, uh, you know caught two passes for 16 yards well in week four in a much different game script by the way he catches nine passes of his 10 targets for 51 yards he also gets in the end zone it's a very rare game script though 
for Tampa Bay where they're that far behind anybody. The LA Rams are kind of the one team that can make the Tampa Bay Bucks one-dimensional where you take Leonard Fournette off the field, you take Ronald Jones off the field, you get Gio Bernard in there for the receiving because you have to throw and throw a lot to try and catch up. That's going to be very rare. It's going to be very hard for teams to continue to score at that pace on this defense. And it's going to be very tough for an opposing defense to keep Tom Brady uh, from, from getting in the end zone with all the weapons that he has, including the return of Antonio Brown, by the way, to a point where you make them one-dimensional, you make them have to throw. Gio Bernard gets significant time on the field and gets a significant target share. It's going to be very rare. So not something worth chasing. If if Gio did get dra- get did get dropped, excuse me. If he did get dropped last week, uh, like we recommended, people are going to run to waivers to go get him. They're going to spend way too much fab on him, and then they're going to find out that you don't know when you're going to be able to start him again. One last fade for you is Josh Gordon. And that's a name that just blew up Twitter uh, yesterday when he was signed by the Kansas City Chiefs. Some much-needed wide receiver depth. I also have a little bit of a theory here, though, which is that the Denver Broncos just lost K.J. Hamler for the season to a torn ACL. Already without Jerry Judy, now you lose K.J. Hamler. You're really kind of down to Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. Deontay Spencer takes over in the in the slot for K.J. Hamler but not a whole lot of wide receiver depth right now for the undefeated Denver Broncos, who the Kansas City Chiefs at 1-2 and two are suddenly chasing. There's, there could be a certain amount of this where they're just playing defense, try and keep Josh Gordon away from the Denver Broncos. Does that mean that the Chiefs are necessarily going to use Josh Gordon? Of course not. Even if this was in earnest, even if it really was just kind of the Chiefs looking at their jet, their depth chart and saying, we just don't have enough wide receiver depth here. That still doesn't mean that you sign Josh Gordon with the intent of using him to a point where he's going to be fantasy viable. So people are going to run to waivers to pick up Josh Gordon just to show, show off their ability to read headlines. <laughs> and uh, this is a great opportunity for you to fade him Save some fab. Let somebody else deal with the headache of Josh Gordon because he will not be fantasy viable, even with Pat Mahomes throwing him the ball. He's just not going to be on the field enough, and there are way too many, uh, way too many players who are going to get targets before Josh Gordon ever would. Some players you can buy or hold if you already have them. Uh, buy them if you, if you don't. Hold them if you do. Start with Brian Edwards, led the team in snaps and routes and yards. He's just missing the touchdowns, and those will come. There's positive touchdown regression coming for Brian Edwards. Uh, Damian Harris, six carries, 14 yards. Here's the thing. The New Orleans Saints have allowed one running back to go over 100 yards in their last 57 games. The takeaway here is less about Damian Harris. 
We knew that it was going to be very difficult for him to run the ball on New Orleans because nobody runs the ball on New Orleans. So the takeaway should not be that Damian Harris just isn't a good back, isn't talented enough, isn't getting the workload, whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it. The takeaway should be avoid the New Orleans Saints defense when it comes to your fantasy running backs because they're shutting everybody down and they have been for years. So just assume that that part's going to continue. But Damian Harris going forward is going to see a lot more positive game scripts, and he's going to see a lot more room to run. And and especially now, you lose James White, who has been kind of a multi-tool for them. Damian Harris has a little bit more of a workload available to him going forward. Robert Woods. Three catches for six yards, 30, uh, three, uh, no, three, three catches on six targets. There you go, for 33 yards, uh, despite getting the same number of routes and, uh, and snaps as Cooper Cup, uh, out snapping and out routing Van Jefferson and Deshaun Jackson. So, big part of this back to Deshaun Jackson, you know, you get some splash plays that just takes away from opportunities from Robert Woods. I don't see any reason to believe that Cooper Cup starts giving up any of his workload to Robert Woods. But you're not going to get Deshaun Jackson uh, doing that every week, and you're not going to have you're <laughs> you, you it it's you're going to have a a much more positive game script, generally speaking, for Robert Woods as well. So, yeah, it's just a matter of time for Robert Woods. I I truly believe that. It's just, to me, this is one of those situations that uh, is is just not sustainable. There's positive regression coming for Robert Woods. Chase Edmonds is a buy for me. 11 carries, 8 targets. Uh, He just, he loses the two tight ends to James Conner. Very positive game script against Jacksonville. You know, in in games where, you know, when it's going to be a little bit more of a struggle to to score and to move the ball, Chase Edmonds is going to be on the field significantly more than James Conner. Now, he's going to have to score from distance in order to get us some touchdowns, but you'll get a certain amount of that. More than anything, though, between the passing yards and the rushing yards. Chase Edmonds is going to be a much more viable fantasy asset for you than uh, than James Conner. Uh, Rashad Bateman about to return from injury. Two monster drops for Hollywood Brown. They definite they they desperately need an alpha wide receiver in Baltimore. Rashad Bateman. He might not be back here in Week Four. It's coming very soon though, and he represents an opportunity to step into that role uh, that's going to be that's much needed for Baltimore right now. Even if he does come back this week, which I'm, I'm not expecting that. I wouldn't expect to see him in week four. It's a very tough Denver secondary. So, you know, you're, you, you really don't want a piece of that offense anyways, but that might make, it, it, it might even illustrate that much more the need for Rashad Bateman when, uh, when, you know, when Hollywood Brown struggles against, you know, Bryce Callahan, who he's most likely going to line up against the most. 
it's uh it's it's really going to demonstrate the need for a for an alpha wide receiver and make Rashad Bateman's price tag go up just a little bit more. So now's a great time to buy him low. One last guy I want to talk about for a buy. Obviously a hold if you've got him. Don't go selling high. And in fact, this is one of those rare players that I would buy high on. And it's DeAndre Swift. Seven catches on seven targets, 60 yards. Uh, still the leading rusher as well. DeAndre Swift, to me, looks like he's going to be, you know, that that player that we get every year. We get one player who's just kind of on, on the majority of fantasy championship rosters. You know, last year is Alvin Kamara. The year before that, it was Christian McCaffrey. The year before that, it was Saquon Barkley. You know, before that, it was Todd Gurley. You know, we've, we, we always have that one player who's on more than half of fantasy championship rosters. He's kind of an unfair advantage. You know, my good friend Halal Chami, at HJ Chami on Twitter, he talks about the three-handed sword. You know, that only one person knows how to swing it. But when he does, it's unfreaking stoppable That's DeAndre Swift. He's, he's, the, he's the golden gun from, from, uh, from GoldenEye 007, if you remember that game. Um, whoever has it is just unstoppable. Because, you know, they can kill you with one shot to the foot. <laughs> that, like, that's kind of what DeAndre Swift is. He's just that unstoppable force that you're going. It's really going to be a little bit of a barrier for entry when we get into the fantasy playoffs. You have to have DeAndre Swift. Uh, some players you can sell: Tyson Williams. He gets five carries. Latavius Murray got seven, uh, and Tyson Williams actually had more snaps. So Tyson Williams has been effective running the ball. Uh, but he's just losing more and more work to Latavius Murray every single week. It's just a matter of time. So right now you're able to sell Tyson Williams on the production when he does get the ball and a little bit of name recognition. You know, we kind of went into this season thinking Tyson Williams was going to be the guy for the Baltimore Ravens, you know, with Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins both missing the season. It, it sounded like Tyson Williams was going to be the guy and maybe that hasn't completely worn off just yet. So, you know, at this moment, Tyson Williams viewed as the top running back in that Baltimore offense when the reality is he's just losing more and more work to Latavius Murray. Christian Kirk, I've been talking about him for several weeks now, and it just, it, it, it's, get, I know, I get it. <laughs> it's becoming a harder and, and harder sell. It was easy to say after week one when he caught two touchdown passes, it was easy to say, yeah, we don't we, we're not going to chase those touchdowns. Well, this week, without any touchdowns, he still catches seven of eight targets, 104 yards. So it is, it's getting much harder for me to say Christian Kirk is a sell when he just continues to do the same thing. I know that you're just going to start rolling your eyes at some point. Part of the problem here, DeAndre Hopkins, very limited. He only caught three passes. Rashad, uh, or uh, Rondale Moore, sorry, was very quiet in this game as well. This was just 
again, very positive game script, and that's where Christian Kirk seems to thrive. But you're not always going to get that. A lot of times you're going to see a lot more DeAndre Hopkins. Like that's going to be your guy, you know, on intermediate and deeper routes. A.J. Green, very good in con- against uh, catching contested passes. And Rondell Moore is kind of the short to intermediate guy that you kind of manufacture touches for and just get the ball in his hand in space. Christian Kirk just doesn't have a real role in that offense, Um, certainly nothing that's sustainable, and it makes this production unsustainable. So if you can sell Christian Kirk based on what he's done through the first three weeks of the season, to me, now's the time to do it. And finally, this one I say with a little bit of hesitation, but I'm selling Curtis Samuel. He's about to return from injury. The tough, the thing that makes it tough is, you know, part of the narrative is free agent wide receiver with a new team, learning a new system. And not only that, he's missed a lot of time, a lot of practice time, um, and a lot of actual game time, you know, dealing with the injury. So now coming back, you know, it's it's it, it makes it that much tougher to become immersed in an offense. What makes it tough is he does have familiarity with the quarterback. He might not have familiarity with the overall system. He's got familiarity, though, both with the head coach and the quarterback. Ron Rivera and Taylor Hineke both coming over from Carolina and now Curtis Samuel joining them this, uh, this season. So... There's definitely an argument to be made for Curtis Samuel kind of being the outlier, kind of being the exception to the rule that, you know, free agent wide receivers take a little bit of time to catch on. But I'm still just, I, I, I'm, it's a low volume offense. It's, you know, I, I, I'm still nervous. Uh, I, and I think that you can probably sell. Curtis Samuel. It's it's less about get Curtis Samuel off my roster because he's not going to be startable for me. He's not going to be usable. I don't think that's the case. But I think that there are people right now who are willing to pay more for Curtis Samuel than what he's going to actually return. So that's all I'm saying. I would take advantage of that. It's not that I think Curtis Samuel is a bust. I just think that people might have a little bit higher expectations for Curtis Samuel than what he's going to be able to live up to. Finally, let's get to our last segment. Next week, this week. Players that if you pick them up now for cheap or free, next week you're going to save a ton of fab uh, when they're high waiver priorities. And like I said earlier, if you had done it with Chuba Hubbard, we mentioned him last week as a next week, this week pickup. If you had went and picked up Chuba Hubbard last week, you would have saved yourself you know, half of your fab or more by already having him on roster. So next week, this week, first up at the quarterback position, Dwayne Haskins. I I put in my notes here, I like where I normally put in stats or, uh, you know, some thoughts or whatever. I just put Ben sucks. Ben Roethlisberger just looks absolutely terrible. And it's just, it's tanking the Pittsburgh Steelers season. It's a good overall offense with a ton of receiving weapons. 
and with one of the good young bell cow running backs in this league in Najee Harris. It's also a very good defense. But you're wasting all of that right now on Ben Roethlisberger. At what point does Mike Tomlin say, you know what, we have got to take this season seriously. We owe it to ourselves to take this seriously and make a run, and we know that we're not going to do it with Ben Roethlisberger. Thank you for your years of service. Thank you for everything that you've done for this team. But right now, here in 2021, you are not it. And even if that's not the decision that's ultimately made, this season is slipping away fast. You're going to get to a point where playoffs are out of the question. You know that Ben Roethlisberger will not be back in 2022. And you've got to see what you've got with Dwayne Haskins before you go into the offseason and try and figure out what's the future of this team at the quarterback position. Do we look at free agents? Do we look in the draft? Before you do all that, you have to know what you've got with Dwayne Haskins. He's going to get on the field at some point, and in my honest opinion, the sooner the better because this season is circling the drain very tight right now with Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback. So Dwayne Haskins is getting on the field at some point. And until then, I'm going to have him in the next week, this week column. I would just add him now, just stash him now and just wait it out. At the running back position, first of all, Chris Evans is starting to take over the pass catching role in Cincinnati, taking Joe Mixon off of the field on passing downs. And, uh, you know, it, it, very likely takes on an even heavier workload if Joe Mixon were to get hurt. But for the moment, he's already on his way to Tony Pollard standalone type value. Carry uh, on Johnson, I still have him here, San Francisco running back. Um, as they continue to deal with injuries, Elijah Mitchell, Jermichael Hasty, we already knew that uh, Raheem Mostert is missing the season. You're kind of down to Trey Sermon. Uh, they brought in Trey Lance for short yard for a goal line rush. Uh, Kyle Uzcheck has been getting a little bit um, of work, but you know ultimately you need guys who are proficient at uh, at, at playing the running back position. You know, um, actual running backs, actual halfbacks. And it's it's Trey Sermon, who Kyle Shanahan does not seem all that fond of. And uh, on Johnson is kind of next man up. So, you know, even if Trey Sermon is able to stay healthy, I think on Johnson starts to work more and more into the system. Uh, but if if Trey Sermon were to get injured, on Johnson all of a sudden is next in line for the majority of that workload, even though that's like roughly 51%, it's still that, you know, if that, it still all goes to carry on Johnson. And then finally, JJ Taylor, he's really just kind of the James White replacement. James White goes out with an injury. If he's going to miss a significant amount of time, you're going to see a lot of pass, uh, a lot of targets funneled to JJ Taylor going forward. It was Brandon Bolden this week against the Saints. Uh, but that's really kind of their special teams ace. They're not gonna, they're not gonna have him on the field for offense uh, nearly as much. So they're gonna they're gonna prep JJ Taylor this week and get ready for JJ Taylor to be the the leading wider or the the leading pass catching running back 
There you go for the New Orleans, New England Patriots. What the hell is going on with me? Um, all right, <laughs> let's just fire through these uh, wide receivers. Demarcus Robinson for Kansas City. There's the actual wide receiver depth that they needed to tap to tap into. Gives you the big body red zone uh, target. Gives you the uh, the fifty fifty balls, things like that. So uh, prepare for him to be much more involved than Josh Gordon would have. Deontay Spencer mentioned him earlier. He's a KJ Hamler replacement. Uh, the, he's he's going to be the burner. He's going to be the slot guy. Uh, he's he's technically going to be a starter for the Denver Broncos. And then uh, Kiki QT. I actually I, I'm reaching deep here for next week this week because uh, Kiki QT right now is not on a team. He's a free agent wide receiver right at the moment. The idea here is we've got a lot of teams with a uh, with a need at wide receiver. Kiki QT could definitely step in and help a team, uh, particularly from the slot, be you know the high volume slot machine that we've seen him be in Houston. Uh, we could certainly see it in Denver. We could see it with the New York Giants. You know, there are, there are a number of teams who could definitely be calling Kiki QT right now. And then at the tight end position, two guys who, who were directly impacted by a trade between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Carolina Panthers. Dan Arnold traded from Carolina to Jacksonville with James O'Shaughnessy on IR. Dan Arnold becomes the top option at tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then Tommy Tremble for uh, for the Carolina Panthers, who now steps into the starter's role uh, with Dan Arnold gone. So two, two tight ends with a chance to, uh, to be difference makers for your roster. Um, I, you know, again, it's such a tough position to find every week starters, so these guys might be more like streamers for you, uh, but they're certainly guys who th- there's there's a lot more upside to be unlocked, uh, especially after this trade. So there it is, your standard operating procedures going into week four. All that's left for you is to go execute. So let's wrap it up there for the week. And as we do that, ask you to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Subscribe to the DLF Family of Podcasts Mega Feed. Do me a huge favor and rate and review the Super Show uh, if you haven't already. It just helps me to get out to more people, touch on more topics that are useful to you, our super friends. Uh, get at us on Twitter, at SuperFlexShow. Um, even better, I mean, just hit me up individually, at SuperFlexDude. I'm so much better at checking that account. So just, uh, but you can DM me. You can, you can at me with questions, with thoughts, whatever, if you want to. Uh, brag about your roster. I'm always. I love seeing superflex rosters, especially when you go QBX and it's working out for you. But kind of regardless, I just like to see the different roster builds and hear about the different strategies. So never hesitate to reach out. Uh, you can also at me, with, you know, with trade polls. I'll retweet those for you. And if I disagree with the results, I'm gonna comment on them and probably fight with someone. So get ready for that. Uh, but yeah, 
uh, always always happy to uh, to engage in uh, whatever way is most useful to you. This episode was dedicated in loving memory to James Sabrin Catullus. Thank you to DLF for the platform. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the music. And above all else, thank you for listening. And until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Yeah.